You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Week 10 is upon us. Another week where there is going to be some you know, news over the course of the weekend that is going to greatly shape the outcome of the slate, what the slate looks like, the decisions that we have to make. On a side note, before we get into things, during the week, I was traveling to the great state of New Jersey. The great state of New Jersey allows college football DFS. My State of Pennsylvania does not. Uh, I knew that I was going to be traveling there in advance, so I researched one of the Maction weekday slates pretty hard, set a lineup while I was in Jersey, and came in second in what is effectively the the midweek Millie Maker uh, in CFB DFS action. Obviously not as massive as a prize pool for second place as the actual NFL Millie Maker, but for figure payday uh, in the middle of the week was really nice. Uh, so, you know, just wanted to toot my own horn there. And uh, just I just pray that college football DFS returns. Uh, I figured with sports betting, uh, especially, you know, Pennsylvania allowing college sports betting, I'm not sure why DFS still is, is off the table. I guess it's something to do with the individual um, players and that name, image, and likeness is you know, a thing now, it should be just around the corner. If you're new to this podcast, college football DFS was, you know, my first love, how I began writing about DFS, uh, started on Project Roto doing their college football stuff. I just wanted to come back so I could, you know, play it on a regular basis, probably end up providing content on a regular basis. I'd also probably be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, I got my teeth kicked in on the Thursday night showdown slate thanks to uh, pretty much every player I was on not producing, um, you know, DSTs in the captain, kickers just smashing, and guys like Marquise Brown and Mike Kosicki not doing much. So, you know, good with the bad. Anyway, let's get into the DraftKings main slate here quarterback just seems very straightforward for me this week. I mean, so there there isn't a ton of value in terms of, you know, real cheap guys that stick out. Like last week, I didn't love them, but, you know, Jordan Love at 4,400, you can make a case for him. Colt McCoy at 4K, you can make a case for him. The cheapest guy that I think I'm interested in is Taylor Heineke this week. I do think that at 5,400 against the Bucks defense that, you know, is definitely a pass funnel, I could see him, you know, hitting the 20 point mark. I I think he's a solid tournament play because he definitely has that ceiling with his rushing ability. Um, But, you know, he's probably the only player that I would consider in cash in the, you know, the the quote unquote value range. Um, I'm just going to try to get Josh Allen or Dak Prescott in my lineup. Um, I like Tom Brady. You know, he's got a solid matchup. I like Justin Herbert. He's got a solid matchup. Um, 
Russ and, and Rodgers are nice pivots in that area as well. But Josh Allen, I just can't see him failing again this week. You know, no Zach Moss, most likely. Um, he should put up his his usual, you know, 25 to 30 DK points with a chance for more. I can't see him failing again. And Dak is just $1,000 cheaper. You know, we saw him hit 20 DK points and, you know, barely do anything last week. Did end up, you know, throwing a couple garbage touchdowns to Cedric Wilson. But Dak at home against the Falcons. Um, the reason I give, uh, I mean, obviously he's $1,000 more, but the reason I like Josh Allen a little bit more is I just can't see the rushing game. I think they're going to score 30 plus points and I can't see the running game nipping Allen like I could see Zeke and Pollard nipping Prescott right like so the only way Allen doesn't get there is if they score like six points again if if the Bills score three or four touchdowns Allen's going to account for them he's going to run the ball he's going to hit that medium projection so I do like Josh Allen a lot Dak you know even if they score you know if they score 30 35 points you could still see Zeke and Pollard sniping a good bit of his production so I'm going to try to jam in one of those top guys, 7,900 Josh Allen, <clears throat> 6,900 Dak Prescott. Running back is also, eh, I wouldn't say interesting. I mean, obviously, Darrence Johnson, lock him in uh, as long as Chubb sits out like we think. Then there's like some injuries at the top. Um, Alvin Kamara, I think Mark Ingram is squarely in play if... Alvin Kamara is ruled out. Ingram has looked really solid. He's actually kind of looked better than Kamara, in my opinion, um, over the last two weeks. So I don't mind Alvin Kamara. Excuse me, I don't mind Mark Ingram if Alvin Kamara is out. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is in play. Just getting the touches, being extremely efficient, has a pretty solid matchup this week. Even though Naheem Hines is getting in and playing some pass-down roll stuff, he is just smashing no matter what. So I do like Jonathan Taylor. I mean, we have to consider Christian McCaffrey. He looked solid last week. I mean, 14 carries and five targets. No, it's not his 30 touches, but that's 66% uh, pretty much. 20 touches uh, is basically two-thirds of what he normally gets. And, you know, maybe they ramp him up a little bit this week. So I think McCaffrey is in play as well. My favorite in this range, though, has to be Najee Harris as long as he is a full go, he does have a foot thing that they said popped up on the injury report. I mean, as long as he is, there's no question and he is active, Najee Harris against the Lions is an absolute smash. He is getting 30 carries, um, excuse me, 30 touches a week. It's pretty insane. Um, and, you know, some of it is through the air. And we've seen he's he's game script independent, right? Like when they were struggling against Cincinnati, he caught 14 passes. Um, when they're up, he's going to get 26 carries like he did um, against the the Browns. And, I mean, he just, you can't lock in 30 touches anymore. Uh, it's very rare. So when you can and it's 7,900 and it's against a defense that just gets gashed by the run, you do it. So Najee Harris is in a great spot. From there, it, it's tough. Like Leonard Fournette. The Bucks are super thin, so maybe they turn to the run a little bit more. I don't love it, uh, especially for cash. Obviously, you have to consider Cordero Patterson. He is, you know, only seeing like 15 opportunities a game, but just 
hyper efficient with those with those touches. Uh, six targets, six catches, 126 yards. In the receiving game last week, his price is creeping up those 6,600. Um, Michael Carter is interesting, but it looks like Tevin Coleman's going to play, so that kind of scratches him. The the Titans running backs are all over the place. They're just like a three-headed monster at this point. I love J.D. McKissick in tournaments. I think you can maybe get there in cash. I just think he's going to see like 8 to 12 targets this week in a catch-up game against the Buccaneers. Similar to what we saw last week and, and against Kansas City, right? He finished with 17 and 19 DK points in those two games where the football team was trailing. So I think J.D. McKissick is is a solid bet um but really what i'm going to try to do is get one of jonathan taylor uh definitely Najee harris so you know depending on how i how i build maybe jonathan taylor if not Najee harris dearance johnson and then maybe mark ingram if alvin Kamara is out maybe it's a four wide receiver week maybe i do jam in taylor and harris and kind of get, you know, mid-range to cheap at receiver. We'll have to see, uh, you know, as more news comes out. But that's pretty much all I like at running back. Wide receiver is is kind of straightforward. You know, like Chris Godwin, if he doesn't play, I love Tyler Johnson at 3,300. Uh, you know, as long as Aaron Rodgers is back, Devontae Adams at 7,900. Seems like uh, a pretty easy bet as well. Keenan Allen, he does have a Q tag, but man, he's really been, I mean, he has seen basically 10 to 12 targets uh, every game this season, you know, some less, but that's basically his average in these last few weeks. He's really doing a ton with them, Um, you know, four for 100 two weeks ago, nine for 100 last week scored a touchdown the the week before that so he is definitely in play um at 7k especially in that game environment i think the vikings chargers is going to be a back and forth battle obviously mike evans gotta love mike evans if everybody else on the planet is hurt for the bucks don't love him as a cash play he'll probably be a like a, a very very over rostered play in tournaments for me Deontay Johnson at 6,800. The Steelers are banged up too. Man, if Deontay Johnson doesn't see 12 plus targets in this game, I'll be super surprised. Uh, Let's put it that way. So I think he's in in play at 6,800. The only thing is like Najee and Deontay, you're, you know, you're pushing 15K there and then you might want to get Fryermuth in too. You're like 20K in Steelers. That's nothing uh, to be too excited about to have that many pieces from, from one team in play. Uh, Michael Pittman at 6,300, you know, he's been efficient. The, the numbers, the targets haven't been great. I mean, you know, only six targets last week, four, three weeks ago, three, uh, back against the Texans. I mean, that 15 target game against the Titans was really his, we thought his coming out party, but touchdowns have salvaged him over the last month. Hasn't been awesome in terms of usage against the Jaguars. I could just see Taylor running wild. So I don't love Pittman as much as everybody else does at 6,300. Like if he was still 5K, sure, but his price has really come up. Um, We'll have to see what happens with 
Cole Beasley, I like Emmanuel Sanders if Cole Beasley sits. Uh, Jerry Judy at 5,300 is really interesting as well. Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder should have a ton of catch-up garbage targets. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones at 4,800 can be considered now that OBJ is definitely out of town, although I'm not I'm not in on Peoples-Jones for for cash. Um, so basically the way it looks is I am going to, you know, I'm probably, I'm hundred percent going to slot in Tyler Johnson if Godwin and Brown are out, which will really clear some things up. You know, you could probably get Allen, Najee, Devante, all three of those 8K-ish guys in if you have a 3K wide receiver and a 4.7K running back, as long as you also punt defense. Um, from there though, at tight end, there's a bunch of, of good options under 4k at tight end. Obviously Fryer Muth, if all the Steelers are hurt, he sees an uptick in targets, uh, right under him though, Ricky Seals Jones in a catch up game against the Bucks. He plays a hundred percent of the snaps. He's, he literally doesn't come off the field. Uh, you know, some days he's, he only sees two to four targets. Some games he sees eight targets. I, I think Ricky Seals Jones is a really good play. Dan Arnold in a catch-up game, Tyler Conklin in a game that I think is going to have a ton of back and forth. He's seen seven targets in his last two games. I think we're going to stay in that range there. Um, Noah Fant is back at 4,300, but I don't think it's prudent to get up to him. Um, potentially, uh, this is this is far-reaching, maybe more of a tournament play, but I've seen it speculated that Jonu Smith may play uh, a bit of running back this week because of some of the injuries that the Patriots have at running back. If we get like absolute verification that he's going to line up in the backfield, um, he would be definitely interesting because Hunter Henry has kind of stolen that that role from him. So he is playing second fiddle. I I don't mind Janu in tournaments at twenty five hundred if we hear that he is going to have an expanded role in the backfield. Uh, the only thing about Fryermuth is that Ebron is back, so I think that you know if, I I can't play three Steelers, so Fryermuth might be the one on the chop, chopping block just because his price came up and Ebron is back. Um, so maybe you could drop down to a guy like Tyler Conklin or Ricky Seals Jones or Dan Arnold in this instance, um, and even you know I mean. Jared Cook has looked pretty solid, although they're rotating a bunch of tight ends in uh, Los Angeles, so I don't necessarily love that play. I think it's going to come down to, uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to Seals Jones, Arnold, Conklin, maybe Fryermuth still, depending on if I get on to Deontay Johnson or not. Um, defense is uh, just disgusting this week. I don't really love anything. I mean, I think we could play Tennessee against Trevor Simeon. Uh, I think we can play the Eagles against the Broncos. I don't mind the. I actually don't mind the Browns and their pass runs, pass rush against an inexperienced Mac Jones, and even the the Packers at twenty nine hundred against. Even if it is Russ, um, you know he takes sacks, and if it's Geno Smith, he's definitely mistake prone as well. All right, that will do it. My article will be up on 4 for 4.
with the core four for this week and also uh, some tournament stacks that I am interested in playing. If anything changes throughout the week, make sure to check my Twitter and the 444 article for any updates. Good luck in all of your week 10 NFL DFS contests. See ya.